You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and... Welcome to part two of the wake, the, the morning. I am not sure what we're calling this batch of episodes, but uh, it's just the the post, post-Blue Jay playoff experience extravaganza. I don't know. Just had to, had to take some time to kind of figure out where the emotions were and how I felt about it. And this is where I'm at. Going to be talking about the pitching in this episode for the most part. Um, Going to touch on the fielding a little bit too. Just going to kind of hit what I didn't hit in the first episode because that, you know, it was, it was quick enough. I didn't really have to talk about the hitting because, I mean, whatever. But the pitching was going to have to be on point if it if Toronto was going to have any chance of competing with Tampa Bay. And outside of Hyunjin Ryu and maybe one pitch from AJ Cole, it was on par with the Rays, which that was really all you could ask for. From the Blue Jays pitching staff, that a staff that had taken so many hits, still without Jordan Romano at the end of it, just trying to keep it together. And, you know, for the most part, they did. It's just the ace of the staff that couldn't really do it. And, you know what? You, you have to give the Rays credit for that. Because they went out in the offseason... They saw they had a very lefty-heavy lineup, and what they do in the offseason? They traded away. Um, they, they tr- I'm, I'm going to forget the specific trade they made, but they traded the, their top pitching prospect, one of their top pitching prospects, and Matthew Liberator, traded him to St. Louis to get Jose Martinez and Randy Arozarena. Martinez obviously victimized the Blue Jays earlier in the season, but if Rosa Reina was the masher in that two game set, he hit 500 against those Blue Jays pitchers. And then they made the separate trade with San Diego, sending Tommy Pham over there. And in exchange, I believe that's the Manuel Margot trade. Tampa Bay has made so many trades with San Diego it is difficult to remember which one is which, but yeah, I didn't even get the right one. I'm sorry. Tommy Pham was traded in the deal for Hunter Renfro instead. That is my bad. Uh, Margot was acquired in February of this year along with a prospect in exchange for bullpen piece Emilio Pagan. So, kudos to the Tampa Bay front office for identifying a need and then going out and and 
replacing it and fixing it rather cheaply. I mean, you can argue that, you know, giving up Emilio Pagan and giving up a top pitching prospect, giving up Tommy Pham is, is no way to really do it. But you look at, at what those transactions did for the team. Hunter Renfro had the grand slam. Randy Rosarena kept burning around the bases on the Blue Jays, taking advantage of a defense that was not up to par with the Rays. And then Manuel Margot was the second best hitter in that series, and he hit the two-run home run off Cole. That's what good teams do. They're able to identify their weaknesses and address them in ways that do not hurt the franchise, but instantly improve it. And that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, actually. Um, Roz Atkins and Mark Shapiro had a bit of a meeting with... um, with members of the media and discuss what they need to do. So we're going to be dissecting that a little bit on tomorrow's episode when I get that recorded. But I do still want to focus on the playoffs because, again, might as well, while we still have the two days fresh in our memory, so to speak. But yeah, um, for for a team that was thought of as very left-handed, especially when they're putting out a lineup with, like, nine left-handed batters. The phrase did what they do. They switched gears. They, you know, transformed on the fly. And in the end, knocked out Toronto with little effort required. Didn't even have to start Charlie Morton. And... You know, I I mentioned this in a previous episode, but the fielding is a big thing. I mean, I I think I saw, um, I think it was Nick Ashburn, actually, who posted that all three Tampa outfielders were in the 85th percentile or higher when it comes to sprint speed. So that's the ability to get after a ball and get to it. And we saw that. Um, with a Rosarena being able to track down, I believe, a Lourdes Gurriel shot down the line. But when you have speed in the outfield like that, it it has very negative reminders of what Kansas City had going for it back in those 2015 days that, you know, just so, so great to remember those. But it's another thing the Blue Jays are going to have to learn. And maybe that will come with time. It's still a very young team. Not just on that side of the ball either. We're going to be talking about the youth on the other side of the ball and how that will come into play very soon for the Blue Jays. And we will do that with the help of our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And... If you don't believe that's possible, I'm here to tell you it is because I've had them and they are tasty and they are coated in 100% chocolate and they melt in your mouth because they're soft and easy to chew and they come in flavors like coconut almond and peanut butter and banana bread and toffee almond and carrot cake and cookies and cream and caramel brownie. They have so many good flavors. You you really, like if you're, if you're going to take advantage of Built Bar... Get one of those mix boxes so you can have a nice melange of flavors and and just, you know, 
enjoy yourself. Then if you find your favorite flavor, you can just order one of those boxes and just have all those if you want. But, you know, I'm I'm an Epicurean, whatever that word is. I think it just means she can't make up her mind what she wants. So I just like having all of them, especially when they're so healthy. Um, they're under 200 calories in every bar, less than five grams of sugar, less than five grams of net carbs, high in protein, high in fiber. You're doing the keto thing, totally great for that. Helps you lose or maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. So use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com and get yourself some of those tasty bars right now. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's talk about the pitching because... Like I said, aside from Hyunjin Ryu, who we did talk about in the previous episode, for the most part, it was good. Like, there, there isn't anyone I can really say pitched themselves out of town during that two-game series. And I know not all of them are going to be coming back because, um, well, let's break it down. Matt Shoemaker uh, has another year of arbitration, so he should be offered again. He should be back. Robbie Ray is a free agent. If the Blue Jays want him, they can probably get him at a discount price. But those two combined for six innings of one run ball. Robbie Ray only walked one batter in his three innings and struck out five. Matt Shoemaker was perfect. You literally could not ask for more than those two. Like that was the best case scenario that the Blue Jays were going to get. And... Yeah, I would have left Matt Shoemaker in longer because if you give him four or five innings, then you're not throwing out A.J. Cole. You're not getting him into the game that early and you're not giving up that home run to Manuel Margot. Might have still happened anyway, but I still would have liked to see Shoemaker go another inning or two. I think he easily had that in him. And... You know, that's that's something we're going to be discussing well into the offseason. Just the Blue Jays' um, tendency to game plan, but then treat the game plan as the Bible. And that's kind of proven to be an issue, not just with the game flow, but with some of the players as well. So that's, that's something that's going to have to be monitored. But we're getting off track. I know, right? AJ goes off track. Shock. But when you look at the pitching staff, there there is reason to think that this Blue Jays team can come back next year and and be even more competitive. Um, Even though Ryu was a garbage fire in his start, the players behind him did pick up the slack, and did perform. Um, again, Stripling allowed the one run in an inning in the third. Wasn't wasn't great, but he's under team control. He's going to be back. Um, getting guys like Anthony Bass out there. Bass, the walks weren't great, but Bass has been good enough during the season that he probably wants another turn. Uh, Ryan Barucki looked very comfortable as a left lefty one well it'd be three out guy now but 
I don't think Ryan Brucky's going to be back in the rotation. I think he's much more valuable to the Blue Jays in this role that he's carved out for himself in 2020 as that lefty reliever who can be counted on to get right-handed bats out. I mean, you saw how careful the Rays were with Aaron Loop trying to protect him at all costs from having to face righty batters. With Barucki, there's less of fear of that. So, it works out better for him. Rafael Delis looked like Rafael Delis, which is good. I have no reason to believe his option won't be picked up for next year, and he'll be back possibly as the Blue Jays' closer with the news that Ken Giles is out for all of 2021 with Tommy John. And... I've been kind of beaten around the bush about this, but I mean, let's face it. The highlight of that series, other than the Danny Jansen air show that got put on, was obviously Nate Pearson going out there for two innings of playoff baseball. Granted, it was it was a runaway game for the Rays, but Nate Pearson went out there. Struck out five of the six batters he faced, and the only person to make contact was Margot, and he weakly tapped out to first. That would have been an amazing weapon to see against the Yankees or, or the Astros. Just watch them flail, trying to catch up to 100 at the letters. But at the same time, that's what kind of gives you hope for next year watching Nate Pearson go out there and do that and knowing that in the future there can be five innings six innings of Nate Pearson doing that and you know saving that bullpen getting you deep into a game making sure you have a chance to win because as as much as we said it, it was coming down to the Blue Jays ace on Wednesday night we all know who the true ace is, and he wasn't the guy who started that game. No offense to Hyunjin Ryu, but he's going to be a very nice number two. True ace went out there and made the Tampa Bay Rays, the number one team in the American League, look foolish for two innings. And that's the big takeaway. Waiting six months to see that again. It's going to be a long haul, but I am... I am freaking Godot. I am willing to wait. I'm freaking Helen or Penelope on that balcony waiting for Odysseus to come back and blow heaters by fools. And I'm willing to do that. Just like I'm willing to keep following this team. No matter what kind of scoreline they put up in the playoffs. Off the field stuff, that might get me away from it. But for now. We're good. And I hope you're good too because this is the end of the episode. Just a reminder, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of them, especially when I double up on Friday nights. You can subscribe to the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays, and you can follow me on Twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because Twitter is dumb. And it remains so to this day. But that is the end of the night for this girl. So until the next time, 
for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at gsrunacouch.com. I'm E.J. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.